Hi all, welcome to podcast 89 from Football Aranya. It's available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. If you're watching live, sorry we're late, internet issues. But we are back and we're going to be talking about Dutch club football tonight, the European nights that we had um, recently with PSV, RZ, Feyenoord, Vitesse and Ajax 2. I'm Michael Staven, I'm joined by Mike Bell. We both work for Football Aranya, uh, the biggest Dutch football website in the English language. Now, um, we, we will be talking about Ajax, first of all, their Champions League draw, then going on to talk about PSV, RZ, Vitesse, Feyenoord in their European games, but also some Eredivisie stuff too. So if you've been watching the Eredivisie so far this season, you've got plenty to look forward to. Um, more on the Netherlands national team to come on Football and you should stay tuned for that. And before we get started in all of the, the club action, um, we have some brilliant, brilliant news we were voted into the final of the Football Content Awards, which is a massive deal for us. It's basically like, um, if you imagine football's Brit Awards, Oscars, we've been nominated. We haven't won anything yet um, and unlikely to. However, we can try. If you want to vote for us in the final of the Football Content Awards, we're up for two awards. I left a link in the description so you can vote for us. We're nominated for the best podcast internationally and also the best club content creator internationally. So we're really pleased about that. But without further ado, you can vote for us later. Um, we're going to be starting with Ajax, and they have a Champions League group to look forward to. Sporting Lisbon of Portugal, Borussia Dortmund from Germany, and Besiktas from Turkey, of course. Mike, what were your thoughts on that group draw? For me, the first thing I thought was Sporting Lisbon was the easiest team in that part one. Dortmund aren't the worst team from pot two. And Besiktas, well, they could have drawn Milan from group four, group pot D, whatever you call it. But a decent draw around for Ajax. Yeah, I think it was very kind compared to what it could have been. If you look at some of the, the groups that were, what is it, Manchester City and, and PSG, is that one of the options that could yeah. have been? Um, when the balls were coming out of, of pot three and group A hadn't been selected yet and Ajax hadn't appeared yet I thought here we go it's going to be group of death again but yeah I think that with the other options that they could have got this has been a, a very kind draw to, to Ajax and I think that with their, their quality they should be aiming to to challenge Dortmund to to win this group but I wouldn't underestimate Besiktas you know Turkish champions you have to go to Turkey a hard atmosphere if they've got full capacity there that's going to be a tough tie away from home in, in Sporting. They won the, the Portuguese league ahead of, of Porto and Benfica. So, yeah, it's going to be six, no, yeah, six hard games for Ajax to, to win. Um, but I think it gives them a chance of getting through. And compared to the last few years when, you know, Ajax have had what you'd call to be a top-tier European club in their group, um, this one's been very kind to them, I think. I agree with you. The thing that, that I definitely want to talk about now, though, is the Ajax this season haven't been themselves so far. They haven't had the chance to, to gel as a unit yet, but they've not lost major players and they've, they've added some you know, players around the edges of what they had already. This season hasn't been vintage Ajax at all. And I'm thinking that this Champions League draw, whilst it's great, can Ajax take, make the most of it? And at the moment, I would I would guess that Ajax might finish bottom of this group from what I've seen so far this season. Whereas they want to be finishing the top two because they aspire to be uh, a last 16 Champions League team every year. Yeah, I said it in my season preview where I said that PSV were going to win the league and I've not been overly amazed by Ajax's transfer window so far. I think that, yeah, they've not lost anyone major, but they've not signed what they needed. And going into the season with Haller as the only real centre-forward in the squad was a worry to me. And I know that they'll probably play the, the Dusan Tadic variant when it comes to the Champions League. But I think that, you know, they've got five days left of the transfer window, see if they bring in a couple of players and other going for the, the Copenhagen winger. Again, but you know, if if David Neres doesn't leave, then that's a lot of wingers for that they have in the squad without not 
without very many centre forwards, which is what they they could miss having let Traore go and Brobby as well. And there isn't doesn't seem to be anyone in the young Ajax squad that's coming through to say that they're going to be another centre forward maybe coming up from the the academy at the moment. So I think that's the the position that they lack in. Um, some creativity as well. I think the midfield, I think it was highlighted against 20, the midfield didn't create really anything. Um, when you play Ravenberg next to Alvarez with Klassen in front of him, it's not the, the most creative of midfields. You know, Kudus is out um, at the moment and he's got to come back into it. But I think you need something extra just to, to light a spark and... You know, I see some Ajax fans saying that they want to go after I Hatterin from from PSV. Yes, he's that sort of sparky player, but you need to get the best out of him. And you know, there's a lot of question marks around him at the moment. So, yeah, Ajax have got five days. If they only bring in the winger that they're they're linked with at the moment from Copenhagen, then yeah, so it's a bit of a worry going into the Champions League group because yeah, there's something just not gelling at the moment about this Ajax side. I think with their back four, they're okay. Masaroui has come into this season on fire and Jurgen Timbers had a great Euros and will go on to have a good season this season. In goal, I, th- I still think that they're going to get bitten by their goalkeeping issues by having Stikellenberg is 38. Pasvir, he had a good season with the test, but does seem to have a mistake in him. And um, Hort is too young to start every game for Ajax this season. Anana might may come back but late in the season. I think that that's going to be an issue. I remember the, the goal that Twente scored against Ajax and I thought Stekelenburg can get off the ground properly. It was very slow to get across to that ball. It wasn't exactly like it was a, a wonder strike, really, from Brockley. It was a good hit. But Stekelenburg surely should, should save that. In midfield, you make a good point about the creativity. And what I found really interesting was uh, uh, Ryan Havenberg being taken off against Twente. His reaction was of disappointment. And it would have been fascinating to have been in his head after the game and having him interview like how he was feeling and what how he can bounce back from a setback. Everything so far for him has been positive, positive, positive with Ajax. Winning games and getting selected midfield all the time. But that was a disappointment for him. And that midfield is so crucial to how they play because they want to get the ball out wide to the wingers all the time to put balls in the box to the strikers and, and Klaassen. Um, and that, that midfield's got to be better at doing that. And I want to get your thoughts on Alain, Mike, because you said there that the strike is the issue. And I think that Alain has been a bit of a scapegoat, but he does also lack a bit of a quality in what Ajax want in their build-up play. Um, fans have been criticising him. I, I really like him, though. He scores goals. But I suppose that's what the argument is. In the Champions League, is Sebastian Alain going to be enough? Yeah, well, I picked him as going to be my... My top goal scorer in the league this season, mainly because he's going to be the one that plays mostly up front for for Ajax. Because when you think about Champions League nights, you think that maybe Tadic will play for the middle, which would mean that Ten Hag's always going to start Haller in the, the Eredivisie games. So, yeah, I think he he has a great chance of finishing top goal scorer in the Eredivisie, but that's because he's the only option at the moment for Ajax for that central striker position. And unless they move move Tadic in there, and it's going to be interesting now that Anthony's back. Because how do you fit Anthony, Tadic, Haller and Berghaus all into the same same eleven? And the new signing from Copenhagen, who surely would will play too. Is it Mohamed Darami? Yeah. Um he scored tonight, I think. Um it's meant to be a really good goal. And then you've still got Neres in there as well. So how Ten Hag's gonna slot them all into the same team, you know, he's I've said it before that maybe Tadic can drop into a number 10 position, but I've not seen it, so I don't know if he is capable of doing that. It'd be interesting to see it if he tests that out, maybe against a, a lower air divisi side where he puts Tadic at 10 and then has Anthony on the left, Berger's on the right, Howard for the middle, see how that works. But yeah, Howard for me is he's a goal scorer in the air divisi, but I worry about him as a goal scorer in the Champions League, which is a different kettle of fish you know you can score three four goals against uh an NAC Nijmegen or uh, an Emin but when it comes up against Borussia Dortmund when you got Howland at the other end and Howard at the other I know which one I would rather have up front and it's, it's not 
it's not ours. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a big question mark over that. But I just I can't see him starting the Champions League games. I think it's going to be the the Tadic variant. It's a good shout. If you're going to Dortmund, you're not going to play Alaire. You'll want to play Tadic because of what he can bring to the team in the in the build-up play. If you get Alaire right, he can be a really good target man who can hold the ball up. He doesn't seem to do that at the moment. I, I want to see more from Eric Ten Hag in this situation. He's someone who's meant to be a brilliant manager and has overturned misfortunes of Ajax in the past. I'm thinking mainly back to that time when they were losing. I think it was, was it like last three or four games in the spin and they, they, they got knocked out of the Champions League by Atalanta. They lost to Twente. It was a big disappointment, but they turned it around and had a, had a good um, campaign after that. He needs to do the same again here, I think, now before it gets any worse. Ajax are, are heading down a rabbit hole where they might be overtaken by PSV um, as the best team in the Netherlands. I still hold by what I say, though, that these early days, Ajax will come through. They'll, they'll gel all these players. They'll find a way. And the thing with Ajax is I, I don't really like Ajax. I'm not an Ajax fan, but they, they always get these annoying six, seven, eight, nine wins on the spin. That will happen at some point during the season and it will make a difference, I think. And for PSV, something may go wrong and they'll lose out by a point, three points in the title race. But that's what I think will happen come the end. Are they good enough for the Champions League now before Christmas? I'm not so sure. We'll see. I do think that on Champions League nights in the, in the sorry, I was going to say the Amsterdam Arena there, the Johan Cruyff Arena, it's, <laughs> it's different. So I think Ajax raised their games for the big ones. You know, it's the sort of, it's not, it's not an arrogance, but it's, it's the way of Ajax to, in the Eredivisie, they can have a slip up sometimes, you know, draw against the 20, lose against the 20. But when it comes to the, the Champions League, that's what they want. So that's when they sort of raise their game. Mm. We'll see if it happens this year, you know, over the past few years, I thought Ajax always do better away from home in the Champions League. So we'll see if that's the case as well, because they're going to have to put in big performances if they're going to get anything in Turkey, Portugal or Germany against the yellow wall. So, you know, they need to step up when they, they're travelling to these these teams. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks. I think that the 20 game was, was a bit of a worry. Um, I think if you're talking about players that haven't made the start that, might have been expected on. I think Bergas has had a bit of a shaky start and we'll see if he can rise to the level of Ajax over the next few few months and then we'll see because there's still five days left of the transfer window. Mikel and Camp's on his way out, going to raise some funds, going to see if Neres goes as well and then we'll see if they, they bring in another couple of players because I think right now it's, it's just needed just to bring a bit of a boost to the squad mm. and to the fans as well. I think the fans are are calling out for a couple of signings just to to get the excitement back. So whether that the Copenhagen winger can do it, whether they bring in a hatter and whether they bring in a striker, we'll see what happens in the next five days. I think a lot will depend on players like Danilo as well. Can they yeah. shift him out on loan? Does he want to go on loan again? And um, we'll see what happens with, with him. But yeah, I think that the next five days are crucial for Ajax this season, I think. One player that I think you would probably want in the midfield is Joey Veerman, who's a very creative midfielder. Um, I've heard tonight that he's actually going to be staying at Hayden Vane for the season and there won't be a late move for him in, in, in the transfer window. So gutting for any of the top teams in the Odovisie that thought they could get their hands on him, he will be staying at Hayden Vane, perhaps. Going on to PSV, we said that there'll be PSV-RZ final order of test in this podcast, so there's lots more to come. But PSV drew nil-nil with Benfica and were knocked out of the Champions League a massive disappointment that they couldn't join Ajax in the group stages. But they're going to the Europa League. They can go and have a good season still. Mike, you're one of their biggest fans this season with, with looking at what the players that they've got. And Nani Madueke signs a new contract after their disappointment of being knocked out of Champions League, which is a massive boost for them. Big, big boost for the squad, knowing that they've got him tied down and a team that can cause damage. They're, they're a team that I think will be winning games 4-5-6-0 in the area of Z and could do something in Europe. What are your thoughts on them, Mike? Yeah, I thought that they've been very impressive. I think that in the area of Z, they will sweep sides aside um, with the, the attack and talent that they have. And I think that the Benfica game was was one of those very frustrating nights where 
you know, it was. Right, uh, <laughs> put it in the advantage of, of PSV, but they just couldn't find a way to score that crucial goal. And I think the Benfica goalkeeper had a, an excellent night. And then mm. I think yeah. Madueke had a bit of a, an off night. You know, Zahavi had a bit of an off night. Um, and things just didn't click the way that they could have, you know, they didn't have that maybe powerful striker up front that could have caused the defence of Benfica a few a few more questions. And when you don't have, it's like Ajax right now, they don't have a backup for, for Hauer as a centre forward. PSV don't have a backup for Zahavi. Um, they've got Fodi Fofana, who I love, and I th- I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's going to be a starting player for PSV probably next season. Um, I think he'll score at least 20 goals this season for Young, PSV. Um, I think he's going to be ready in the next couple of years. And for me, Schmidt's substitutions to me just didn't make any sense against Benfica. I think if Maverick is a little bit tired, yeah, you can bring him off. But I don't rate Jorby for Destin. I know there's PSV fans out there that love him and think that he's going to be big, but I don't rate for Tesson and I think he missed a, a good chance in the, the second half. But I think you give Madawake a bit more more time. And when you've got two more minutes left and you need to score a goal, if you're bringing on Teze and Ryan Thomas to change a game and get your get your goal, there's a there's a bit of a worry there. Um it's like Van Hinko said after the game, you know, he criticized Schmidt for just not going for it, you know, not putting the big man up front, not lumping it into the box and it's, Trying to force something to happen, it just didn't. And mm. um, he threw on, you know, changed his left back, changed his right back, put on another midfielder. He had a striker on the bench that he didn't turn to, who scored two days the day before. I think that there's just things that Schmidt could have done a bit differently to get that get that win, which he didn't. He didn't push it. And you know, if they pushed the centre backs forward, Braun Fafana and Benfica went and scored on the breakaway. So be it. You know, that's that's what happens and we see tried it, but for me, he just didn't try enough to get that goal in the last few few minutes. Um, he didn't throw everything at it, which I think is a, a big miss because that was a huge opportunity to get PSV into the Champions League, especially when Benfica go down to 10 men. I think it's a huge opportunity missed. Um, but saying that, you know, this PSV squad is going to go far this season in the Europa League. I think that they can look at that competition as one that they can go into the knockout rounds of and, and who knows how far they can get. Madueke signing a new deal this week was was huge. Um, he's been linked with a move back to Tottenham in the Western City. And I think that staying at PSV and starting for PSV every week is the, the correct decision for him That's at this stage of his career. And he needs that. And with him, Gakpo on the left, and Zahavi and possibly another striker, maybe Luke De Jong to get him in the next five days. You know, this PSV side is going to be pretty frightening in the, the Eredivisie compared to the other sides around them. And I think in Europe, they can go far. And how good does Goethe look as well? That guy was on fire in the Champions League qualifiers. He wants to impress in Europe. Let's hope that he can keep it up in the Eredivisie as well. I, I think I actually crying out for a player like him to play in the middle, be creative. But he will be excellent for PSV. I'm sure of it. Yeah, the Europa League is a good stage for them. But it's looking really tough this season now with the Conference League. You think if Pierce were in the Conference League, then they could do uh, and make a really good impression. But we'll get on to the teams that are in that competition in a moment, and they could make a make a good deal of it. Yeah, PSV they've got they've got good options. You know, I, I said this on a different podcast recently that they've got two goalkeepers who can be competitive. They've got a lot of defenders who again will be competitive with each other because they all want to start a match. How Jordan Tese is in starting a match. Shows you the competition they got for places in midfield. You've oh, got also, yeah, just to, to one point that point as oh. well. It's it's also a bone of contention right now because a lot of PSV fans just aren't impressed by Moeni. Moeni, yeah. not starting means that right back issue is is a bit of a problem um, because Moeni's not really done anything spectacular so far to warrant his place over Tezzi when Tezzi offers a bit more at a back end going forward. So I think that, that there is competition for places, but I think right now that's one that, that Schmidt's getting wrong. I think that Tezzi should be the one that, that slots in there. Mone's more athletic. Tezzi's more physical. You know that Dumfries is a bit like Mone. We 
getting forward, but Tez is more like Dumfries getting back and, and being a good defender. When he doesn't really, he gets caught out a lot, doesn't he? And he does give the ball away, but he does, he does, he does offer a bit more attacking wise than Tezzy would. But that's not that's not a lot more. And I still think Tezzy should be starting. And um, yeah, like the 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 midfield I was I was mentioning there it is strong. The the midfield five, if you like, because Davy Proper, Mario, um, Davy Proper. Um, Van Hinkle and uh, Sangare are, are great midfielders and only two of them could start out of the three. So it allows for injuries with, with Derek Pupa and Van Hinkle have been injury prone um, over recent seasons. It, it means that one of them then can play or both of them can play and Sangare can be more defensive. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the game against Mifika was just one where football can be really frustrating and that is it. Once they went down to 10 men, PSV were better. It does make me think though, that had it been 11 versus 11, we would have seen a different match and Benfica may have scored a goal or two, uh, which, which PSV may not have been able to prevent. And it would have looked even worse on them that they would have lost to, to Benfica twice. But they did do well over the two legs, considering they finished second in the Eredivisie and Benfica are a good side. So it is what it is and that, that's it now. We've got, we've got to move on. They've got to, they've got to move on quickly because they want to have a very good season. It's, it, was, it was clever of them to announced Madueke's contract straight after uh, to just sort of lift the mood again. That was a great idea from PSV to do that. Um, let's move on to another team. Let's talk about RZ. RZ against Celtic. They beat Celtic 2-1 on the night, but went out on aggregate. And I tell you what, the British um, sort of output of the, of the game, they were really complimentary of RZ this evening, mentioning what a quality side they were, the best side Celtic could face this season, and that probably isn't too hard to do. Um, they, they they were they were impressive, and the doubt about RZ is that they wouldn't be able to do that without the key players that they sold, without Boladou, without Stengs. But actually, they were playing some really good football, and I think that's only going to improve this season. But I think it shows you also how influential Turncoat Miners is because he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, I think the theme of this week has been some good ties. We'll also go into later, but two very frustrating games. And I think that the PSV game was frustrating. Jokic Zahavi's miss being crucial. And tonight, Jokic Ernest Park, who's miss being, being crucial as well. That's two pretty good chances that eight times out of ten you score. Tonight, these This week, they, they went over the bar. So um, football hinges on these sort of small, small things, and especially in Europe. And I think that, you know, AZ did well tonight. Um, and he did well to because I thought Celtic would, would go there and win. Um, I've not been impressed by AZ this, this season so far, and I thought that Celtic were going to beat them again, especially when they scored after three minutes again. But credit to AZ, they, they stepped up and, and pinned them back, and were looking for that, that third goal. But again, it's going to become another theme of tonight is um, Pascal Janssen brought on Sam Bukema as a striker. He's a centre back because AZ don't have any strikers on the bench. Um, Pavidis hasn't, he's ahead of a grand running as Bordeaux's replacement, and they have nothing else. So they put Sam Bukema as a centre back up front for the last 10 minutes. And he almost set up the the third goal with a, a great cross for Pocky, but you know, that's not great if they're having to bring on a centre back because they have no other options as a striker. And Yes, we're talking about the, the top three teams in their division from last season all needing a forward in the next five days. Um, because I think they say Zed's side, if they lose Coop Miners, they're going to look very weak and they're going to be very weak this season um, because he is by far their best player. And the most influential one, he's the one that's pulling the strings for them. And he's the one that they need to really try and keep in the next five days. And... We'll wait and see if it happens because you know Kutminders is is playing to try and get a move. He wants a move, and he's putting in his performances because he wants to catch an eye of a club in the next five days and see if he can get that move. So, for me, yeah, it was a good, better performance from AZ tonight. But the way for me is that they're not able to to finish for this season there division. I think they'll they'll drop down the table, and if they don't sign a striker, they could could struggle in about even sixth place for me because they're. If they always good miners and don't sign a striker, I, just, I can't see them doing that well this season, which is a shame because I love AZ for the last 
couple of years, I thought there would have been a great side with, with Bodu staying as Miners. And this season's just going to be a bit of a, a transitional one. Kurt Miners may yesterday, but the likelihood is that, is that he will leave. He didn't he didn't give a look to the fans to say, like, this is my last game in front of you and I'm, I'm off now. There is a game at the weekend, I, I, I must remember, but he may stay and they'll look a good team with him uh, rather than without him. I think in attack, yeah, that's going to be the biggest problem because although in flashes, Jesper Carlsen is a very good winger off the left, Abdelkla has got pace to burn. I just don't see it working. It's not. It's not a top three Eredivisie front three. It's it's a it's a front three. I'd be happy to see at Twente. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, that's a good front three, but not not for RZ. And like I say, Carlson is good, but hasn't developed every part of his game properly. Yeah, he's very skillful, isn't he? Very exciting, but he he he's not um, he's not doing what, for example, Ali Rezi Humbach when he scored twenty one goals in Eredivisie and was top goal scorer. He's not that level yet, and that's the level he needs to be um, to be that that influential winger that they need. Uh, and off the right, Abbott Clow nearly missed the sitter that he was given for the first goal. I don't know about you, Mo. What do you think? He, just, he almost yeah, missed it. I think they're looking at his face. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the attack of AZ is is the big worry. And even tonight, you know, they won 2 1, but the two goals were absolutely gifted to them by, by Celtic. You know, the own goal was. <laughs> A bit of a comical scuff into his own net, and Joe Hart for the Abuklahau one was was shocking. So, yeah, just this, as you say, this is a attack that if Willem Tway had this attack, he'd be like, oh, I might do something this season, but not mm. AZ. This isn't an AZ worthy front three. And even off the bench, you got yeah. Albert Goodmanson, who I just don't rate, I haven't rated him for the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, that's that's the biggest worry for me for them, and they've got five days to improve it. Well, they, I doubt it. You know, maybe finances are, are hurting these clubs, and you know, Pascal Janssen was asked yesterday about about Joy Veerman. I know he's saying that he might be, or he's probably staying at Heronbein this season, which is a shame because I think that he's a player that should be making a step up this summer, and one that could, once he does make a step up, make a play for the, the national team. So. If Kutminers did go and rate raked in twenty five million, and um, you know Jansen did say that he liked him, and I think he's somebody that could change this AZ side. So we'll see. But if, if Kutminers goes, they don't sign an attacker, and they have Jordi Classy as the man to replace Kutminers, then AZ are a big worry for me this season. Well, it's not all bad news. They were knocked out of the Europa League, but they fall into the Europa Conference League group stages. So I haven't said this in this podcast yet, but the, the, the brilliant news of this, of this evening is that there are five Dutch clubs in European competition this season. That hasn't happened since 2008. 13 years of disappointment watching Dutch clubs getting knocked out in the qualifiers. And whilst there were a couple of dodgy results along the way this season, you know, for the clubs to get there, there are five clubs there. And I think that they're in the right competitions, ultimately. Ajax were the best team last season and deserved the Champions League spot. PS3 in the Europa League. And then you've got RZ, Final and Vitesse are around about the same kind of level as each other, all in the Europa Conference League. But they could all do something there. Let's talk about Vitesse next then, because that was one of the biggest success stories of this week, was Vitesse beating Anderlecht 2-1 and going through, was it 5-4 in aggregate and losing count? It, it was really, really classic games, both the legs. I hope we get to see many more of those in the group stages from them. But I really like the test this season. They've got a, they've got a real togetherness about them. Some good quality. They're not, you know, they're not going to be fighting with Ajax and Beersfield at the top two, but they're looking as one one of the best of the rest. I really like Barrow in midfield. I think he's really taken on being the captain. He's just a doggy midfielder. I think he could be playing England one day, perhaps. Um, they, they might well be keeping Richard Richardly Brazil against all the odds. The, the Europa Conference League group stage may actually convince them to stay more European matches. Um, and they've pitched some decent players as well. I actually quite like the Jubo, uh, the French midfielder who's, who's come in um, from Zadahen. And um, who else have they got? Yeah, Fredriksen, striker at top. He might be injured though for a little while. He came off today. But overall, they're looking a good team for Tess. And I, I really enjoy watching them against Anderlecht tonight. Some A really good performance again from them. 
Yeah. Um, You're not convinced, are you? No, um, <laughs> not really. You know, they, they got absolutely battered at the weekend. So, um, I think though, let's, sorry, just to interrupt you there, Mike. I mean, you just started talking, but the the, the Villain match, they knew that it, they were to save themselves for this big European night. That was all in their players' heads. They were missing a few players to injury, and they also rotated five players out who were fit. So they basically played their B team against Villain It wasn't surprising they lost, but that was a real True. test tonight. No. True. And that was with Odos and Hayek at centre back, who I think quite honestly are awful. Yeah, and both of those were at fault for the goals for, for Villain Twee. So yeah. Tonight they played they played very well. I thought they should have scored more goals against Anderlecht tonight. Um I think there's a case to be made that Anderlecht are, are terrible. Um and not you know, because you think Anderlecht and you think like, oh, it's a big Belgian side that's gonna come and they're gonna be really tough to beat. Um, but I don't think this Anderlecht side are going to be, you know, challenging Club Bruges, you know, this season. No. Um, no. The way for me for them is, from a Dutch point of view, Xerxes looked, looked awful in the two legs. Um, he couldn't get involved <laughs> at all. Um, actually helped the test with that deflection in the first goal as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how he does the rest of the season. But, yeah, I think the test did very well to, to get through. I think... Wittek's second goal is excellent. Um, it's a real team performance tonight. You know, usually in Dutch sides in Europe, so if they concede one with 10 minutes to go, you're looking thinking, oh, they're going to concede again. But I think the, the last 10 minutes, they did really well. And yeah, Barrow in midfield was was excellent. And if they've got good quality players, and I like Tronstad, I like Barrow, they got Penders. He's got talent up front. Yeah, I think they've got some options on the bench. and. You know, if Tanan stays and they can get him fit, you know, they've got a, a playmaker there as well if they can keep him fit and, and motivated. You know, Bazur after the game, you know, he was asked about his future and he was he was being very coy about it. He was laughing with the reporters saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to go sort of thing. Um, so, but if he ends up staying, he says that he's 100% committed if he ends up staying. So we'll see if that happens in the next five days. But if you can keep him, keep Tanan and get him fit, then, yeah, they do have a, a side that is... Is capable of, of causing these sort of performances in, in Europa Conference League, and they will be one of the ones challenging for for third spot if they can field their their best eleven in there. They're busy every week because they've still got players that are injured. And yeah. um, Daniel yeah. needs to come back if he stays, and there's the other centre back who's out injured now as well. That's um, yeah, so they've got him to come back as well. So they've got they've got options there. So yeah. The tests at full strength are definitely a contender to the challenge, maybe Feyenoord for preferred and do something in the Conference League. I think that they're going to focus on the Conference League now that they're in the group stages, which might affect their Eredivisie performance. But overall, they're a side that are still developing under Thomas Lech, and I really like what he's done with the team. The fact that they've got someone like Bazur and made him into this machine at centre-back coming forward into midfield. I think it's fantastic what he's, what he's done with him and he built the team around him with a centre-back. I think that that's, that's, that's just great. And the, the two strikers really work for them. The, the wing-backs work for them too. Dasa, Vitek and Millian Manhoff. Um, he's just been brilliant this season. I think he, he's awaiting right now scans for results of an injury he's had. So he might be out for a little bit. But if this guy can come back in, Someone for the future. He's a Dutch, you know, one for the national team in the future. You, you never know that kind of sort of uh, a technical ability he's got, but also the work rate. He's so focused. I think the guy's going to go far, but we'll, we'll see with him. He needs to get lots of gains in this season. Um, we had a, qu- a couple of questions in live. I think this might be a good good moment to bring them in. Um, Hamza actually asked what what you think of Zerxay's performance. You weren't convinced, Mike. Why not? I just don't think he, he offered much, you know, for somebody that's trying to prove that he's good enough for Bayern Munich. Um, he just did not get involved enough tonight or in the, the first leg as well. And he got hauled off both times when, you know, Anderlecht hooking for a, a goal. So, you know, it's, that's the worry for me. Um, you know, he's got all the qualities to be a top top striker. Maybe it's the service he's not getting. There's a few times that Anderlecht got in good positions. The crossing was terrible. 
Um, he didn't get the right balls in, but you know he's got to, to put himself about more and be a bit more physical in the in the attack. So you know it's only two games. You know he's still getting used to his new side. He scored a couple of goals a couple of weeks ago in the the Belgian league. I just don't think he was there tonight. I don't think he was there last week. Um, it wasn't the level that he should be performing if he wants to prove that he's going to potentially be a future Lewandowski replacement. He's got quite a way to go, hasn't he? This is another question we had in about Dutch clubs reaching the group stage. First time? No, it's not the first time I mentioned it. It's the first time since 2008. So 13 years ago, it was done. The Tests have played in European competition before. Um, they played actually like five-ish years ago when they won the Cup and then um, weren't that great in the group stages of the Europa League, were knocked out. So not the first time um, that the Test fans have had it happen before, but they'll be absolutely delighted doing it again and they'll want it to become a regular thing now if the Test can do something like that. Now the Conference League's there. What an opportunity it is for, for Dutch clubs who make it, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh place and they make it into Europe competition. They can actually get to the group stage. They've seen it done now. And um, one from Life Pack who sent this question ages ago at start of the podcast. What are, you, what are our guys' th- thoughts on how do we see chances of making a quarterfinal Europe with one in the Champions League, one in the Europa League, and three in the Europa Conference League teams in the mix? How do you think they will get on, Mike, the five teams in Europe? Do you think that they'll go far? We haven't talked about final yet. We will get on to them. But on the whole, this new competition, the Conference League, is it going to suit Dutch teams? And, you know, it's not the most glamorous competition. But do you think they'll go for it? Yeah, I think they will. I think that this is what this competition is for. It's for the not so much smaller teams, but the ones from, you know, you don't just want teams from England and Spain winning every single competition every year. And once, you know, again, the teams from England and Spain are going to be the favourites for the, the Conference League. But I think that when you're AZ, you're, you're finer than your Vitesse. You look at this competition, the teams around you, the ones that they could could beat and they could go far in this competition, it's one if they take seriously that could have rewards for them. And it's it's a showcase for their players to show that they can do it on a, a European level and go and try and go for a, a competition. I can't see Vitesse winning it, honestly. Um, but I can see them getting out of the group stage, going to the the, Euro, the, the knockout stage, and I think that should be the, the goal for all three Dutch sides, I think that this is a competition that could rack up some coefficient points for the Netherlands, and that's the main thing, because that's what we want. We want to get Netherlands to, to be challenging towards the, the top of the coefficient, because once you get, you know, it's going to be hard to reach the next tier where Netherlands are. It's going to be hard to then get closer to, you know, Portugal and France, um, which would be insane if you could, because then you're looking at three teams in the Champions League which would be amazing. Um, like old days, very, wouldn't it? Like That's the yeah. old famous days of Dutch clubs being amazing in Europe all the time. Yeah, they're, they're seventh yes. best league in Europe at the moment, aren't they? I think that's where they want to stay. Um, I, I was speaking to someone recently about this where I personally think that whilst you've got these, you know, England, Spain, Germany, Italy... Then you've got France and Portugal, who the Netherlands now looking at to try and steal that third place in the Champions League spot. I think the Dutch are best off being in seventh. Um, and I want to get your point of view on this, Mike. Maybe people watching will want to give their point of view on this too. If they're really interested in the coefficient. Um, but it is important for Dutch football. If they get into fifth or sixth and they have a third team in the Champions League, they have a sixth team in Europe. This goes back to five, six, seven years ago when the Netherlands had six teams in Europe. But every time one or two or three teams would be knocked out in the qualifiers. And then all the coefficient points would have to be shared over more teams because that's how it works. You have more teams in Europe. You have to share out the points that you get in a, for a win in a competition. You divide it by the amount of teams that you have. So having five teams is, is, a, is a good middle ground, though, because you have six teams. They're going to struggle to qualify. Um, and whilst it may, might mean more money from Dutch teams being in Champions League, is it going to serve them well in the long term? Because they'll just be going back down the ranking again, though. Yes, it's a good point. Because um, you look at the Dutch League at the moment, you look at the the teams that are there. And if you're going to make a case for a sixth team to be in Europe, you're looking at Utrecht or 
Cronigan possibly a Heron Ben or a you know mm. you know Sparta were in the European playoffs. Would a club of that caliber be able to constantly would would your trek to beat Andalite tonight? I'd probably say they, they probably could have. Um but if it then becomes a case of what happened before was like go ahead Eagles and, and teams like that, you know, qualifying Excelsior then getting knocked out and um, by teams from you know, like Luxembourg and stuff like that, then it, it comes at a detriment. But, you know, I think that Dutch football should always be aiming for the best it can be. But I think that right now, this is, you know, Netherlands have done great in the past few years to get to this position. And this position right now is is great. And we should hail the fact that there's five Dutch teams in the group stages of a European competition, because that's, in recent years, that's unheard of. And we're going to have five teams that we can watch for months to come in European competition because they're in the group stages. So I don't know the, the conference league format, but I'm guessing it's, it's groups of four. So, you know, that's, mm. that's six games for, that's 30 games we're going to see. So 30, 30 chances to, to rack up coefficient points and, and moving their ones on. So I think, yeah, tonight's just a massive win for Dutch football. Celebrate the fact that there's five teams in Europe. Let's hope that they all can get out of group stages because I think that, they definitely all are capable of doing it. And we'll see how far any of them go, whether any of them can actually win a competition. You know, stranger things have happened. You know, PSV could go far in the Europa League with a good run. Other than that, can I see Feyenoord, AZ or Vitesse winning the Conference League? Depends on the draw they get. And Ajax, can they win the Champions League with this team? Mm, probably not. But yeah, we'll see how far they can all can all go but it's exciting to have five Dutch teams in Europe and let's hope for some uh, great European ties in the months to come because we'll see Agreed. what draws yeah yeah, yeah. We'll we of course this at a time where we don't actually know what the draws are for four of the teams um but they'll they'll be good and they'll all have chances of qualifying and the thing to remember is in the Champions League of course you finish third you drop to the Europa League if you finish third in Europa League you drop down to the Conference League PSV might have that opportunity if they don't achieve in the top two Drop into the Conference League for a, a club like PSV could be brilliant. To to go on and win a European competition, it hasn't happened since two thousand and two. Final with the UEFA Cup, this could be an opportunity for a Dutch team, and one of those who I I personally think will have the best chance of of lifting a European trophy this season. As small as a chance might be, a final because they won't be in the top two of the Eredivisie. And this kind of competition suits a team that that could, that can fight, that can keep going and going and going. And I think Slot has got the right players here, the right squad to do something like that. Or if they don't win the whole thing, that's not what I'm trying to get here. They've they've got they've got the the the, the battle mentality to go out and beat a top team if they need to in Europe, but also travel somewhere and have their fans with them and, and know that they'll they'll. They'll probably use those three games in the group stages at home to win those and get through um, to the knockout stages. But they did lose 3-1 to Elfsborg tonight. It didn't matter. They went through an aggregate to the, the conference league group stages. Um, and, I, and I want to talk my, about some of the players they've got, they've got in their squads because I haven't talked to you about, about these guys yet. And I think that they're, they're, they're all great young players um, Justin Bilo will be the goalkeeper this season. I think he's got such a good chance to be in this Dutch national team um, if he's fit. Um, Tyrell Malasia, the, the left back, he will now overtake Vindal to be favourite for that left back spot in the Netherlands. Hus Til has just come out of nowhere and is now a striker, apparently, but he's doing really well in the way the slot wants to play. Um, and and, and Sinisterra is, 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 is so good off the left wing and, and looks to be really improving showing that potential that he showed he had before that injury he, he, he suffered um, not so long ago. He's back from it now and he's firing. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I don't think it will win them every game this season, like I said, to get them in the top two. But they, they have a, a team full of quality. Um, Trauner, the centre-back, what a signing that was. This, this guy will be really good next to Sinesi or whatever play he plays next to. Yeah, give us your thoughts, Mike, because I, I, I think that there'll be a team on, on the move this season and, and next season we could really be talking about them in, in, a, in a bigger light. 
Yeah, I think the the final so far this season have been been great. You know, tonight was a, a blip, but they didn't they didn't need to win that game. You know, five 0 up. Um, did I have the ball tonight, and they got beat by Ellsberg. Um, but on paper, the the first eleven that Swat has, and the way he's got them playing is is great. So as you say, Bio is for me probably the best goalkeeper in the the Eredivisie. If you don't count Anana anymore. And it's not even close. I think he is going to be the, the future in everyone's number one. And when we're talking about future, it could be as in next month, he's going to be the everyone's number one. Moasia as well, I think that he is showing that he is probably the best Dutch left-back around at the moment. Um, wherever Roy Van Eyhaal goes for his, his daily blend, love there. But yeah, he has overtaken Vindal at the moment. Yeah, Vindal's injured. Or he's just come back to training, so he can't really be counted yet. But I think Moasia has so much positives to his game that he has to be looked at for the Dutch national team. Till is showing what he can do in there. Divisi did it for AZ. He's had a tough time in, in Moscow and in Germany, but now he, he's in a a team where he's he knows what his role is. He knows the manager well. They've got his confidence back, and he's shown what he can do when he, he has that confidence. So. It's great to see him doing well, and he's been rewarded with a place in the, the provisional squad. I saw a lot of people saying that it was too soon, and you know why would Van Hal will call him up? But you know, if he's scoring goals every game, then why not? If he's a confidence player, if he, he's going into a game against Norway, I'd rather have somebody that's been playing five, six games for final or the season and scoring goals left, right, and centre than someone that's been sitting on the bench for. For a club and not getting any game time. So I'd rather see Gustel getting a nod over, say, Donny van der Beek, who's not even getting a minute for Manchester United at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'd say Van Hal's made the right choice there. If he does decide to pick him tomorrow, we'll see. Um, but I think that, yeah, on paper, the first 11 was Sinistera, Winston, and we not even talked about Brian Winston. You know, Swartz come in and he's transformed into a, a totally different player. You know, last season I was coming on how terrible he was you know he was, he was shocking under advocate at times and I think he went on a run of so many games without a goal and then he eventually broke it but under Swat he's, he's transformed and he actually looks like a, a very busy workmanlike striker who's, who's putting himself around and, and causing trouble for defences and him Johan Bakash on the right and Sinister on the left is a, a frightening attack and Till behind him with the midfield that they have on paper is, is strong the only issue for me is they don't have backup. Um, if any of these players get injured, say, Winton goes, you know, Bosnick's getting linked with a move to, to Germany on loan, and they don't really have anyone else. You know, Banis hasn't really proven himself yet. They've let Leroy Fair go, which I think was the right move because I think he was causing some, some mistakes and he was getting on a bit um, in terms of his, his ability and I think that the times he did play he was causing errors so it was good to just get him let him go to, to Turkey but I think the options that they have on the bench you know they're 16 17 year old kids and 18 year olds but they are, are good though they're good yeah and, you know Moambo looks class um, Hartges is good and the young winner came on today is a very exciting player but whether this season is a bit too much for them, um, we'll wait and see. But I think, yeah, next two, three years of final is very exciting with Slot in charge because he's going to give these youngsters chances and we're going to see them eventually blossom in the next couple of years because these are, you know, you forget that, you know, there's a time when Feyenoord, yeah, they were losing by nine goals to PSV, but that was when they were given chances to, to Vinaldum, to Leroy Fair, and these players were... 16, 17, 18 year old kids coming in and getting chances at Firenwood. And that's what a club was meant to be, you know, giving youngsters a chance. Advocate came in, it didn't go right. Um, he scraped the Europe place in Europe, but slots come in, giving the youngsters a chance, get them right into the first team. And more importantly, just make Firenwood some money so they can actually challenge at the top. There's too many years where they've just not given players chances and let them go for freeze or just let them go for small amounts of money when they should have been making them. The fees that, not so much Ajax get, but you know the fees that PSV get, or even AZ get for their players. That's what Feyenoord should be getting. But they've been making so many silly decisions. But making 
slot the manager and given the chance to you if it's actually finally some smart decisions in Rotterdam and it's going to bear fruit over the next two or three years. I agree that they've got a slot in for the long term not to win the league this season. They knew it was going to be transitional. They do need to bed into new players. The young players will come in and they'll be very good in time. But for now, let, let, let's see how they get on with, with the players they've got. If they have a few injuries, they might struggle. I don't think the replacement for Bailo is, is that great, Marciano, the goalkeeper. But um, they've, they've got some good qualities and what, what a team this could be in future. Um, before we finish, Mike, uh, is there anything else to add? We, we, we've had the start of the Eredivisie. Um, some, some interesting um, results from the, from the new promoted sides that are trying to show themselves in the league. Um, but anything taken your eye? Yeah, I think that after the first game, you could have maybe written off anything I'm making, but they, they bounced back really well. Um, they're a side that I think has, has the quality in the young players to to definitely stay up this season. And they, I'm glad to see that they won their second game. And I think they're the side to watch this season. Heron Bain have had a very good start to the season. Um, with the two of Veermans in form, I think he's going to leave in the next few days. Whether it's to it looks like it's to France, and whether they have the wingers to to replace him. But that Stefanovic looks very good. Um, the Man City one, and I really like Van der Heide, the youngster as well. So if Herrenbein can have a better season than they had last year, if they can keep Veerman. Joey Veerman, and it had been linked with Zivkovic, um, Richaro Zivkovic. So if he can get come in as a second striker, then they could be one team to, to watch get into European playoffs this season. But yeah, other than that, you know, it's been a, I think it's been a good start to the season. I think that the, the quality's been good. I think there's been a few shock results. I think that some teams are performing as I expected. You know, Utrecht, I think, are a side to watch this season. And I think Sparta are going to be an interesting side. You know, they're going to lose Harui in the next five days. Um, it's Nottingham Forest have had a bit accepted, but it seems like he's not too keen on going to Nottingham Forest and he's waiting for a you know, with, so. you know, with Harui, I think, I, think he looked at, I think he must have come to England, got his phone out, looked at the championship table, saw Forest at the bottom, four defeats out of four, and I thought, when's the next plane back to Rotterdam? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like the, 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 it was all going to happen for him going to Nottingham Forest, and and it's just all gone dead quiet all of a sudden. But he was in England to discuss transfer, and he's yeah. But I, I don't know his spot. Yeah, when Van Bergen, Van Bergen yeah. had one one chat with Neil Warnock and thought, "What am I doing?" Um, <laughs> going to France, yeah, we, sunny France, maybe a bit bit better for him. I think so. Going to Ligue 1 over the Championship for me is a no-brainer. But the, the, he needs to progress his career. He needs to leave here in vain. Um, and yeah, he's he's off to France. Um, start to to hen, hen, not hen. Almost an M. <laughs> I think um, there's a question there about Leon, and I think just to touch on, you know, some Dutch Dutchmen abroad. Um, Van Bommel's had two wins in charge of of Wolfsburg. So far, even after the, the sticky start where they've been chucked out the German Cup because he, he made too many substitutions. Um, but the worry for me right now is that we we talked about the strikers getting moves this summer. So Bordeaux went to, to Monaco and Brobbies went to Leipzig and Xerxes went to, to Anderlecht and thinking that these young strikers are going to have a big impact at their new clubs. But you know, Bordeaux was an unused substitute in, in Monaco's Champions League game that they lost against, well, they didn't lose, but they, they drew 2 2 with Shakhtar after extra time, which is a worry because Monaco needed a goal and the Monaco boss decided that, that Bordeaux wasn't the man for the job. So he's not scored yet, he's not impressed yet. I think he's missed a couple of big chances for Monaco so far, so that's a bit of a, a worry. Um, Robbie, I think he was an unused substitute for Leipzig at the weekend as well. And yeah, so that's a bit of a worry for me. And and Malin's not done too well so far for for Dortmund. I think that there's been some criticism of his performances already as well when he's played. It's early days. Um, we'll see how they do in the coming weeks. But 
and you know same old for I've mentioned Baron, but but Donny van der Beek. I want to know what's going on in his head where he's listening to Solskjaer saying, "Oh, van der Beek, you're you're still an important player for me this season," and he's believing it. Um, because right now, if I was him, I'd be trying to get out of that club as as fast as possible because he can't afford another six months sitting on the bench, getting absolutely no minutes with Solskjaer picking Mata, Matic. Well, he doesn't get any minutes on the pitch, but do you know what he is getting? A big wad of cash. Yeah. Yeah. So if Van der Beek cares about his his position in everyone's national team and wants to, to get the best of his career on the pitch, then you really should be knocking on that door and saying that he wants at least a one move or a, a move away from Old Trafford. Because there'll be clubs that are interested. Apparently there's clubs knocking on the, the door asking for him and they're getting turned turned down. Um, and even the, the agent came out in the Telegraph this week and said that he's very happy with Solskjaer saying that Van der Beek's still a key player for him and he's expecting him to get plenty of minutes in the coming weeks. Um whether those minutes are in the, the Carlin Cup or whatever it's called now, the, the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, then that's just not good enough for a midfielder that expires to be a starter for Netherlands. And I think that, and I hope that we're looking at the same situation with Memphis, what happened to Memphis Depay, where it doesn't work out for Manchester United, but he goes somewhere else and, and he excels. So, yeah, let's do that. And yeah, what, what joy it's been to watch Memphis for, for Barcelona so far, because... I think that I hate seeing him being labelled as a Manchester United flop for so many years. And look at look at now he's 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 at Barcelona and he's getting praise week in week out from the Spanish journalists saying how great he is. And it's true he's he's doing really well and he's got that quality to excel at a club like Barcelona. So I think that he's fulfilling what we all knew he was was capable of when he came through at PSV. I think that the the move to Manchester United was just a the wrong move at the the wrong time for him. And I think I can't wait to see him for the rest of the season how well he's going to do. Because um, he's, for me, he's the, the key man for the national team up front still. He is oh, one and, brilliant um, player. The fact that he's there. And great, yeah, and great to see that Dan Juma has got a move to, to Villarreal as well. I think that's an excellent move good. for him. Um, and I think he'll become a an everyone's national team player if he does well, does well in Spain. Fair enough. Right, we've got a few things to do before we go. Going to rattle through some comments before we go. Mike, let's have a look at these. I would have backed PSV, but the loss to Marlon is obviously huge, says Hamza. Agreed. Sherlock, homeless. I hope you're not actually homeless. Feyenoord has a small squad. I think PSV can win the Conference League or even the Europa League. Um, how about this one about Peter, Peter Bosch, uh, Mike? In a sentence... How do you see him doing in the French League? I think that a lot will depend on what happens in the next five days because it seems that we are an absolute mess with the players at the moment. Um, I think that a lot of players don't want to be there and that Bosch has got has walked into an absolute mess taking that job which I don't think he would have been aware of um, I felt he'd probably think he's taken over a very talented squad but he's walked into to a bit of a shambles but you know they've just got Shakiri. if they can move on to troublemakers and make some signings then I think he has the the capability of, of doing really well with, with Leon. but not a good start Fair enough Again in a sentence thoughts on Botman links to Wolves Why? Why would why would you want to go there? <laughs> Um, Next one. Is that real? <laughs> uh, just, just to add to that, though. Yeah, Champions no, League. No, no offense to, no offense to Wolves, but are you going to go to Wolves and excel in the Premier League, or are you going to stay at Real and play in the Champions League? He's yeah. also been away to Atalanta. That would be a much better move. Excel in Serie A and excel in the Champions League. Fair enough. And Dave says, sorry, joining late. Look at the Conference League and there's some big fish in the small pond. Well, Dave, you can always scroll back and listen to back to the start and listen to us again in a full hour of a podcast. So if you did enjoy this, we're available in so many different places now. I actually found this out the other day. We're not just on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you, if you Google our podcast, we're on all sorts of different websites. Um, podcast FM and all sorts of random places I didn't even realise we're on. Um, but if you enjoy the, our podcasts, where, wherever you're listening, 
could have been even listening on a different planet as far as I know, considering what was on the internet. I was so surprised to find where we were. Do give us a like wherever you are um, and, and subscribe wherever you are too. Um, we've got lots of things coming up on Football Adania. The international break is coming, so you can definitely expect a preview of Norway versus the Netherlands. We've got a special guest on for that one. Um, I think you'll know who this person is. He's um, he's fairly well known on Twitter. He's a Norwegian. Uh, he'll be he'll be here to help us preview the Norway Netherlands game. Uh, there, there, there'll be more things throughout the next few weeks. Though we're doing um, live streams after the Netherlands games against the Norway, Montenegro, and and Turkey. More more things to do the Eredivisie as well, of course, when it comes back round again, and a few other things to pop up on football and uh, else besides that we have a surprises. Now, the final thing to ask of you before you do go, if you've got to this part of the podcast, you obviously really like the Football Annual podcast. I've put a link to it already in the description. Please, could you vote for us in the Football Content Awards finals? We've been nominated for the best podcast, best international podcast and best international club content creator. So if you think that we deserve those, thank you very much for nominating us. And thank you very much if you can vote for us too. Um, now, from me and Mike, it's goodbye for now and hope you enjoyed it.